Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, you know me, I'm not big on uh, celebrities. I, I don't have a whole pile of time for celebrity culture. That having been said, I have a certain fondness, often have had a certain fondness for Pippa O'Connor. And moreover, as she's built herself a fabulous business selling jeans uh, online and a big brand, Poco by Pippa. And she's really successful. And she gave an interview recently to a podcast called The Good Glow. And she talked about uh, having a miscarriage. And she had a miscarriage during lockdown. Uh, before she had her most recent kid, Billy, um, who was born last October. She had a miscarriage before Billy was born. And she told that story to the podcast. And she used a word that I was... I read it. I said, did I, did I misread that? She said she was embarrassed at having lost a child through miscarriage like that. Now, I've talked to a lot of women over the years, who've lost a child through miscarriage or other circumstances. And embarrassed is not a word that they've ever used. But I felt for Pippa, and I think a lot of women would identify with what she went through. Mary Cregan is the co-founder of Felicon, and we've spoken to Mary before about stillbirth and neonatal death and miscarriage and all of these things. Uh, Mari, can you understand her using that word, embarrassed? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Um, I could. Um, any of the mothers out there that are listening, I think would probably uh, realise, you know, that at the time we are so confused. When you, the loneliest sight you'll ever see, and I've said this before, I think on your show too, is the sight of that empty scan. You know, when the heartbeat is gone, the silence in the room, and the embarrassment sometimes is picked up from the caregivers, you know, the professionals, because they don't know what to do. They're going to have to tell you that your world is about to shatter. And then it's the confusion of it, that your the embarrassment comes, I think, from this initial feeling that you failed, that you were a bit shamed, that your body couldn't, you know, mind your child and a bit guilty. And it's all those. It's like it's not so much embarrassment. It's the actual confusion of a load of different emotions that you don't know what to do with. You didn't expect. And um, you're suddenly trying to pull yourself together. Like when I 
was reading about the um, about Pippa's uh, Pippa O'Connor's um, podcast and her saying getting up from the the table at the bed and uh, grabbing her coat. I'm all right. I just thought that was so poignant, and she made herself so vulnerable by telling people. Yeah. You know, she acknowledged what women feel that now I have to go and get on with it, but that your life is shattered. You know, when you lose your baby, whether it's through miscarriage, stillbirth, neonatal death. It's very individual, it's um, unacknowledged and it, it's just such suffering and a lot of the women that I spoke to, including myself, you don't know what to do with yourself in those, you don't know how to feel and you don't know how to respond. Mm. You, of course, can uh, identify very personally with this. Remind us again, I know we've talked before, but remind us again what you went through. Okay, so well, my daughter was then, um, I had a late um, pregnancy, a big huge surprise when I was 45 and she was born when I was uh, 45, but she lasted until the day before she was due, but I just knew there was something not right and you know, her movements weren't great and uh, she was a perfect little baby, it looked like the placenta failed, but uh, I gave birth to her then the day after she was due, but she bringing a child into the world that's already left it and any mother out there who's done that knows how horrendous it is. Born and sleeping the is the term they use, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, as we we I'm very careful of language because what's okay for me mightn't be okay for someone else. But we thought that that was um, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought born sleeping because um, that's what she was like, such a still little baby, mm-hmm. and a beautiful little baby. But it like my life then was from before Liliana and after Liliana, and the following year then. I got pregnant again, surprise, surprise, and uh, I got, you know, people tell you, don't talk about the first, for the first 12 weeks, tell nobody, but that's the time you need support, so, you know, again, I would say to women, what's right for you, what do you need for this 12 weeks, some people would prefer others not to know that they're pregnant, uh, just in case they lose the baby, but, and we hear all these um, stats that one in five pregnancies will end in, in miscarriage, but four in five won't. You know, so um, I think we're we're setting all these standards for women. My suggestion to them would be, you know, like what's right for you and talk to the people who who will support you. Mm. And I lost that baby anyway, as I was told. And at 15 weeks, I was told on the the Monday at the high-risk clinic, you 1% chance now of losing the baby. Where was I on Saturday? I was the 1% again. And then my daughter was a 1% when her little baby died intrapartum. We don't know what happened. He was revived. Yeah, and he he survived and he... um, he died at three days, a perfect darling little baby, in just at the start of COVID there, nineteen twenty, and and, and sorry, twenty twenty, and. Oh I'm sorry to hear that, I had no idea. Oh, it was horrendous. Well, you see, Aoife is the the mother of this child. She's a volunteer with Felicon who sorts out the memory boxes. And she was uh, the the, the irony of all of this is that the week before she was going in to have Dara, she was making sure that the memory boxes were in there. We never thought we'll be getting one of our own memory boxes. I just never thought, you know, but that's why I know Felicon works, really. Yeah. Tell tell me about the setting up of of Felicon, because I I, I remember years ago talking to you and having never heard of it. Um, But I thought, what a wonderful, wonderful group of people. Talk to me about setting it up. Well, there were seven of us, and it was six mothers and one dad. And, and, you know, kind of another ironic thing, that the dad was actually the most creative of us, and he took us to a different level because he had, he was just you know, so artistic. And so he uh, started out the new memory box. You know, we got the idea from Sands in the UK, but was Brian um, got us the one we have now, which is beautiful. Well, we knew that what we were feeling 
was, you know, we were so isolated, we were so alone, and we said there has to be a way of giving support to, you know, from parent to parent. And um, my mother had been had lost two babies, and like it had a huge impact on her life, and she died young. And we think it was the isolation of all of that didn't help the mothers, you know, or the fathers too. And fathers were just not even in the picture at that stage. So we formed Felicon, and um, we were pushing an open door. Yeah. And uh, that, well, was yeah, there support, support there, like for you, Murray? Was there yes. support for you? Oh, for us. I was lucky at the time of Liliana, yeah. and then. Oh. For, well, I was very lucky because the midwife I had, the bereavement midwife, was was fantastic, and they were just the post was just new in two thousand and six. But also, the midwife who looked after me was one of those professionals, one of those women who understood their job, who actually got it, and her care of me, I think, was one of the reasons why I was able to go on and. And, you know, pull, say I was going, or making another organization, I was making an organization anyway, because I knew that we had to have, um, mm. we had to have something. And I'd already been working in Romania and in Bosnia with um, a group I'd formed in 1990, so I knew how to do it, you know. Yes. And, um, but I just said, like, this is um, what we're feeling, if everyone else is feeling this way, and nobody knows about it, how awful the the pain is of losing your child. I never thought anything could be so bad and that I'd still be breathing, do you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, I had lost my mother when I was young. I lost a sister then uh, that I had reared subsequently, and I lost my grandson and an adult daughter and during COVID. And while all of them are devastating, the difference around stillbirth and neonatal death is that there's no acknowledgement or no understanding of the levels of grief for parents. Still. That's making sense to you. Getting better, I have to say, because the younger people are much more out there than, you know, old ones like me. And my daughter was much more um, forthcoming about her child. And also the fact he lived for three days, there was a different view of him rather than a baby who was still born, you know. And um, we were able to do his handprints and clay. And this is something that Felicon offers now. We're a bit behind in this moment, but um, every baby that's in, that wants them, gets them. And, um, the you know, we had lock of his hair. We had, um, you know, real memories of him. And uh, he's real. And the, whereas Liliana would be a bit more of a shadow baby, if that's making sense, because it they didn't does, get to meet her. Have we... Have we left the days of, okay, get on with it. Have we left those days? Please tell me we have. Well, some people have because, look, we're such a mixed bag of cultures now as well. And some cultures won't recognize a baby as much as others, you know. And we have to respect all of, of what's out there. But there are some families we will come into and you can already see that well-meaning grandmothers like myself will be saying, you know, no, the best thing for her now is to get pregnant again or the best thing is to move on. But you have to honour the baby that has died. They're an individual. They're their own little person. They're mm. not, you can't replace them with another one. Like when my sister died, as I've often said, no one told me she have another one. Whereas when Liliana died, it was a case of that, look, you have a houseful there, you know, we're foster parents, adopted parents as well, and she have a load of children marry, you know, you would spare one kind of thing. People did not do that to hurt me. They did not do it to hurt anyone else. What they did was to try to make you feel better well, because they hurt. hate to see people in such pain. It you know? did hurt, though, didn't it? Oh, it did. Yeah, like I, I just felt that she was being negated and that people didn't think she was real or 
exactly. You know, look, that was something that happened in your life. Now, sure, move on now and get back to being the person yeah. we're used to, you know, the go-getter and, and that, which is never going to happen, ever. Someone like Pippa, who's very well known, and as I said there before I, in the introduction, I don't have much time for celebrity culture, but I have great time for Pippa because there's something very likable about her, plus the fact she's built an enormous business for herself online. But someone like her speaking in the way she's done, does that help people to come forward? Immeasurably. Because people like Pip O'Connor looked up to, you know, it's, I mean, I wouldn't be great now with uh, what's going on social media with my ancient Nokia phone, but the um, other, uh, the younger mothers will tell me that they have, you know, they will look, it happened Pip O'Connor. If it can happen, her can happen anyone. And if she was able to talk so movingly, make herself so vulnerable and ask for the acknowledgement, well, then it means that this is a big deal and that this is okay for me to feel the same way, do you know? Yeah. If anybody it's, wants it's to contact Fela Khan. Yeah. You want uh, just failacon.ie and they'll get all the details there. And just we would say to them, please don't be on your own, you're not. Yeah. Tell me lastly about memory boxes. What's in the memory box? Well, every time memory box is made, we, we close the ribbon, we think of the family that's going to get it and we just hope it's going to bring comfort. When they open it, then they'll see the letter from us, you know, to dear parents, you're not on your own. There's a handprint kit then, that's um, a little flat ink print that they'll take their baby's handprint so they can, all the young ones, get tattoos afterwards then, you know, on their hearts or wherever they want them. And uh, there's two little teddies, one to stay with mum and dad, one to go with baby and they swap them over before oh. cremation or burial. Oh uh, there's a blanket knit by a lot of our long ago bereaves that don't even know where their babies are buried and they can wrap the baby in the uh, in the blanket or they wrap the baby in the blanket and then keep it and I saw something up on one of the Facebook pages recently about one mam saying that um, she holds the blanket to her every night and thinks of all the other mams and dads in the country doing the same thing so you know it's um, and there's um, about to measure your baby because they don't do that anymore and there's little charms that you put in one in baby's hand and one yourself and then swip swap them over and a little for the lack of hair for the baby and we would say look you know any little things that you want to put put them into this little keepsake box and then there's the leaflet suggesting Okay. Um, you know, making suggestions about photographs and that. All right, listen, Mary, thank you, Amari, thank you very much. Uh, FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.